What is communion and why, why do we set time aside to do communion? I think these are very deserving questions and they need an answer. And so my desire very briefly this morning is to talk to you about literally the doctrine of communion and why is it in the scripture and why we do these things in the 21st century. Hopefully, we'll get some, uh, some benefit out of the things that I will say. There's a lot of new people in this room today that perhaps you really may not understand why we partake of communion and what it really means to the church, what it really is all about. Let me read a little bit today from the book of Matthew, chapter 26. I'll begin reading at verse 17. Because you've stood so long today, I'll not ask you to stand, but uh, pardon me, I just want to read a little bit this morning. Now, I may not preach in my normal self this morning because when I do, I get to coughing, and I I don't want to be coughing. I want to be speaking the word of the Lord to you this morning. The Bible said on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. And when evening was come, and when evening come, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely not I, Lord. And Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup. Pardon me, and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the mount of olives. The picture here is that Jesus was about to be crucified and he was sharing the Passover with his disciples. The Passover was a great time for the Jewish nation and perhaps we need to go back for just a moment and let you understand what the the Passover, the feast of the Passover or it was called in the scriptures the the feast of unleavened bread. Moses had been sent by God to lead the people out of Egypt, but Pharaoh resisted. You know that story. It's found in the book of Exodus. 
And the last of the three plagues, God sent ten plagues, but the last of these plagues was when the angel would pass through Egypt and take the life of the firstborn son of every family. The only way, the only way to escape the death of your firstborn son was to take the blood of a lamb and to apply it to the doorpost and above the door of your home. When God came through Egypt and he saw the blood, the Bible said the death angel would pass over those houses that had blood upon the doorpost and above the door. So this is why the feast of the Passover was so important to the children of Israel. It was the time that they were delivered from the bondage of Egypt when Pharaoh lost his hold upon them. And at the Passover meal, people were, were, they were given certain things to eat. They were given a roasted lamb. They were given unleavened bread. And they were given bitter herbs. But as Jesus sat with his disciples, these things began to unfold before them. The Passover. Now, now watch me real close. Let me take you back for just a moment to the book of Exodus, and, and especially in Exodus chapter 12. You can find where the Lord gave specific instruction to Moses. He said, you have, have the people go out and get a lamb without spot and without blemish. You bring that lamb in, and you put that lamb in your yard. You tie that lamb in your yard for four days. Everybody say four days. And then he said, I want you to take the lamb and I want you to slay the lamb. I don't, I don't want you to put the blood on the threshold. That spotless lamb, that lamb without blemish, I want you to take his blood and apply it to the sides of your door and above your door. This is going to be a sign that when the angel of death passes over our houses that we are covered by the blood of that lamb. He's going to pass over and no death is coming to your house. If I could briefly tell you the story, the Bible also said that he instructed those Israelites, then you take and you roast that lamb and you eat that lamb because you're going to have to have strength for your journey. So this was the Passover and that was a horrible night in Egypt, but it was a night of deliverance for the land of Israel or the children of Israel in the land of Goshen. This was why the Passover was so important to these Jews. And now Jesus is again celebrating with his own disciples and he's telling them how important the Passover was by talking to them about what the Passover was symbolic of. Because here's what happened. 4,000 years later, the reason I had you say four days is because from creation to the time of Calvary was 4,000 years. 4,000 years in the voice of Hosea, the Old Testament prophet, is as the Bible said, a 1,000 years is as a day. So four days later, by God's terminology, the, the lamb 
Jesus Christ was slain. He was slain and his blood dripped from Calvary's cross. Could I just remind you on this Sunday morning that what Jesus said to those disciples was uh, this bread, this unleavened, unleavened bread, he blessed it and then he began to eat it and he passed it to them and he said, when you eat this bread, remember this. This is my body which was broken for you. And when you drink this cup, this cup is my blood. This cup is symbolic of the blood of Calvary. And I'm telling you what's about to happen. I'm not going to do this anymore until a later time. But I want to tell you that what you're doing today is you're remembering the body and the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. Is there anyone in this room that understands today that the Lamb came for your sins? The Lamb showed up for your sin. I was thinking this morning in my prayer time, and I was just talking to the Lord a little bit, and I, I remember so many times thinking of how that when men sinned, that always from the beginning there had to be a blood sacrifice. There had to be a sacrifice of blood. The Bible said in Leviticus 17 and 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. You got to have blood shed before you can have remission and, and, and forgiveness of your sin. Could I just paint a simple picture on a Sunday morning to this beautiful crowd. Could I tell you that what we're about to do today is no different than what Jesus did when he sat down with his disciples. He is saying to us again, and he said it in the New Testament over and over, when you do this, you do this in remembrance of what I did for you. Do you know that really in this room today, none of us should be alive? Do you know that by Old Testament law, we probably would have all been dead? Do you know that we should not really have the privilege of sitting where we're sitting today? And the only reason we do is because of the cross of Calvary. The Bible said in 1 Peter, he himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By the wounds of Jesus Christ you have been healed. By the blood of Jesus Christ our sins have been washed away. By the things that he did for us at Calvary. <clears throat> I don't want to paint a gory picture here today, but Calvary was not a beautiful beautiful scene. It was gory. It was bloody. It was horrible. It was a man suspended on a cross that had never committed one sin. But the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ took my sin and your sin and he put them on his shoulder and he walked up Golgotha's hill. I was privileged a few years ago to stand at that place and I can't tell you the feeling that came over me when I stood at Golgotha and I remember 
remembered that day that Jesus Christ took every sin I have ever committed and he walked up that hill with my sin upon his back. It was he that paid the price for me. You see, there's an old song that said, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. Aren't you glad today that you're in a church on a Sunday morning that Calvary has made a way for you to be here and the blood of Jesus has come to wash us and cleanse us from all our iniquity. I'm not preaching anything you haven't heard. I'm not preaching about something you don't know about. But oh, how often do we just slip by the cross and not pay close attention Oh, how important it is that we understand Calvary today. Let me tell you, without Calvary, there wouldn't be a church. Without the cross, without the blood, without the side that was riven, without the beaten back, without the thorns in his skull, without the blood dripping off that cross, there would be nobody here today. We're here by the mercies of God. The Bible said that he loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While we were just sinners and no good and we didn't deserve anything, he came to our rescue. And that's why the book of Hebrews, Paul picked up the pen and he said, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Every drop of blood that fell from the cross, every drop of blood that fell on Golgotha's hill was to wash the sins away of men and women and young people that said under the sound of my voice this morning, you don't have to be a sinner. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to live in misery. You can live a repentant life with your sins washed away today because he took your sin and he is washing them away with his blood. See, this is not the first time we've taken communion and it won't be the last. We probably don't do it often enough. There is no commandment that you have to take it every week. There's no commandment that you have to take it every month or every year. The Bible just says that a man, when he does this, should remember, remember what it's all about. In the book of Corinthians, they were, they were misusing the Lord's Supper. People were coming and, and they were drinking enough wine to get drunk. And they were feasting on the unleavened bread like it was just a meal. And Paul had to straighten some things out in the 11th chapter And he talked about us examining ourselves and making sure that we're where we ought to be when we partake of the Lord's Supper. When we take communion, it's a very serious thing. There are scriptures that that people have been afraid of in 1 Corinthians 11 because the Bible said, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthy or in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Jesus. Well, let me tell you what I believe that means. When Paul speaks of taking the cup and the bread unworthily, he is saying that's people who rush in 
They participate without prayer. They participate without thinking of the real meaning. But when you come with an honest heart to partake of the blood and the body of Jesus, it is a strength to your spiritual man. It is strength to those things that you need help with in your life. I don't believe today that we're going to enter in and drink. No, if you want to know the truth, there's nobody here worthy. There's not a one of us worthy. We, aren't, we haven't done anything to earn the grace of God. We didn't earn anything today. We're here by mercy and we're here by grace. But we are here today to say, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for Calvary today. Thank you for the blood that you shed this morning. Thank you for everything you did for me at the the cross so there can be no unforgiveness in your heart and there can be no strife in your heart and there can be no irreverence to God in your heart there can be no unbelief in your heart there can be no disrespect in your heart we enter into the realm of communion today with the fear of God and knowing that these are sacred things, not examining your life and your relationship with God would be very dangerous today. But here's where we are on this Sunday morning. I believe that when we come to the Sunday that we do communion and we say, Lord, we're about to look back and remember the great things that you've done in our life. That when we do this and we do it with an honest heart and we do it with a love of God in us and we do it with a forgiving spirit and we do it to make sure that we are doing the right thing, then there's strength like you've never had before that will come to your spiritual man and you will be a better man or woman when you leave this building today. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Let me tell you about the blood. There's a lot of songs written about the blood. One of them said, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. We sing, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. The blood of Jesus. I don't ever want to lose that, lose that out of this church. You say, Pastor, that's gory. We don't like to think about blood. Let me tell you, we better keep the blood. We better keep it top priority in this church. Let me tell you how much I believe in the blood. Now, I'm not talking about literal blood today. I believe when a man goes down in the waters of baptism and the preacher said, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the blood of Jesus is applied to his life. Because the Bible said baptism is for the remission of sins, and we know nothing can wash away sins but the blood of Jesus. Everybody said amen. We're not talking about literal blood, but we're talking about symbolic today. We're going to have, in just a few minutes, a wafer that's going to represent his body and some juice that's going to represent his blood. But when you take that, you've got to think of all the sins that have been washed away. And let me tell you what Jesus does. I believe this with all my heart. You're in this room today. The Lord is the greatest and fastest forgiver. Sure, it's quiet in here today. He's the greatest and fastest forgiver. 
When you can't forgive yourself, he forgives you. When you can't forgive others, he forgives. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. Just one honest prayer of, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But wash it away. And furthermore, I know it's quite, it's okay. I'm hoping you're drinking some things in here today. Because here's what I believe, that when you say that and when you believe that and when you do that with sincerity, repentance is not just a word. Repentance is an act. It's saying, God, I'm sorry, and then you turn around and you go the other way. Are you listening today? It's not just saying, Lord, I'm sorry, and keep on doing what you're doing. It's saying, Lord, I'm sorry, but I'm turning around and headed away from that life and that sin. I'm going to, I'm going to do the right thing. That's what repentance is. But when you truly repent, I want to tell you God forgives. Not next week, not next month, not tomorrow. He forgives right now, today. Your sins will be washed away, and you will never have to worry about them again. What the Bible said, he, he cast them into the sea to remember them no more. To remember them no more. Just give me a moment here. David, come over here and help me preach a little bit. My buddy right here. One of the hardest working guys in this church. Sits on the front bench, loves God, works hard. David hadn't always been in this church. David, a few years ago, found himself in prison. He'd done some horrible things, and he knows that. He made up his mind when he got out of there. And you know what he did? He asked God to forgive him. And you know what God did? God forgave him. And he's standing here today, a brand new man. Brand new man. I'm not embarrassing him today because he knows where he come from. And he'll tell you right now, if it wasn't for this church and for wasn't getting on the front bench of this church and loving God and worshiping God, he wouldn't be here. But God turned his life around. That's what God can do for you. And that's what God has done for many because he's a forgiver of our sin. Oh, I could go through this congregation today and just pick people out and tell you their story. Tell you where the how long you've been around the church, Sister Doris? 33. 33 years she got the Holy Ghost. Right, right up there. Was you on drugs? Yeah. Was you doing alcohol? You wasn't living right, were you? But when you asked God to forgive you that night, I remember on Wednesday night, May the 29th, 1991. I was here. God forgave her. God turned her life around. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. I can't tell you how many times I've made a mistake. I know I'm probably the only guy in here that's ever done that. I've made plenty of them. Man, I made him as a young person. I made him as a young man. I've made him as a preacher. I've made him as a husband. Let me tell you what I learned to do. I learned to live a repented life, even now. 
even now. There's not a day that goes by. You believe what you want to. You do it however you want to do it. There's not a day that goes by in my life that I don't say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me again today with your blood. You know why? Because I can get a bad spirit just like you can. I can get a bad attitude just like you can. I can let things overtake me just like you can. But there's not a day in my life, not one day in my life, many times riding down the road in a truck by myself, I'm just saying, Lord, wash me today with that blood that I love so much. Just one drop of your blood can change my life. Wash me again today, Lord. Cleanse me again today. So when I take communion today, what I'm doing is I'm remembering how powerful the blood of Jesus is because it can wash you and it can cleanse you and it can make you whole. Anybody believe what I'm preaching this morning? Hallelujah. Say, preacher, I don't have to do that. Well, you self-righteous outfit. The problem with you is you need to do that. You don't even know it. Because we all better live a repentant lifestyle. Amen? So here's what I'm saying to you today. No matter what you've done, don't matter. Look, you know what the motto of this church is? It's on our material. It's on our stationery. It's, it's quoted often. This is a place of worship for all people. You know what that means? Anybody can find Jesus here. And anybody can live for Jesus here. Anybody can be a part of Jesus' church right here. Amen? So I don't care where you come from today. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I don't care what religion you are, what pedigree you have. Your mom or daddy may have been a bank robber or they may have been a priest or a preacher. I don't know. But here's what I know. doesn't matter to Jesus. He died for you and he died for me. And he wants us to have the blood of Jesus Christ to wash our sins away. Stand all over this house with me today. The first thing we're going to do this morning, the first thing we're going to do this morning is, is have a prayer together. I just, y'all don't mind me just doing what I feel like doing. Barry, come here. I don't want to embarrass you. Come here, Barry. Barry, don't say much around here. I woke up you with you on my mind yesterday. I'm not going to embarrass you. See this guy right here? You don't hear nothing out of him, but he is as faithful to this church as anybody I pastor. Barry Jacobs is a good man, but I remember a time in Barry's life that he needed help, and you know what the Lord did? He just stepped in, and he took care of Barry. Barry, don't ever forget what God's done for you. Don't ever forget the blood of Jesus in your life. This is a good man that the blood of Jesus has taken care of of his past, and he's now walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Give the Lord praise. I've never done him that way before, but he loves me, and he'll get over it. Amen. See, I could, I could do that all over this room today. I, 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 know, I know you. I know where you come from. I know what you've done. Some of you sat in my office and wept, Pastor, how am I going to get through this? i tell you how. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Here's what we're going to do today. Now, this is not the sinner's prayer, okay? Well, I guess it is a sinner's prayer. But this is not what's going to save you. 
this is what's going to cleanse your heart today. I want you to just say it with me, Lord. Come on, all over this house, Lord. Look into my spirit today. Look into my heart this morning. Forgive me of my sins today, Lord. And I want you to mean that today. Say it, Lord, forgive me of my sins today. Touch my mind today, Lord. Touch my heart this morning. Let the Holy Spirit of God move in me, oh Lord, today. I need a baptism of your love and the freshness of God in my life. Just pray your own prayer right now. God, I need you. I need you to touch me. Help my mind. Help my attitude. Help my heart. Cleanse me of the things, Lord, that are unlike you. Cleanse me today with the blood of Jesus and let it wash me clean. You said, Lord, in your word, though your sins be as scarlet, they can become as white as snow. And though they be like crimson, they can become as wool because of the power that's in the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today that we're able to come and recognize that we're only here because of your mercy, because of your shed blood, because of your grace. We're here for that reason today. And we give you glory and honor and praise this morning.